0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 109 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of appadvice.com, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Brett Nolan of appaddict.net. Join us this week as we call Dr. Mario to work together with touch bars while in mansions. How are you doing today, Brett?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, hopefully, Luigi's in that mansion as well, and uh, we'll have a good time popping pills with Mario.
0: Okay. I, I don't know about <laughs> popping pills.
1: <laughs> We're not
0: pushing that. <laughs> Good old Mario. Come on, Dr. Mario. Exactly, though. And hopefully Luigi helps with the ghost of MacBook past because it seems Apple keeps updating those MacBooks. It was just May 21st that we were talking on the podcast about new updated MacBooks, and here we are, right in July, and Apple has new updates to MacBooks. So it turns out what they've done is as they got rid of the non-touch bar version on the MacBook Pro, so now there's an entry level version of the MacBook Pro for that $1,299 price tag, but with a touch bar. The way Apple pulled this off is by essentially including a smaller processor. So, the $1,799 version has a 2.4 gigahertz quad core Intel i chip, and then the $1,299 has a 1.4 gigahertz quad core chip, and so. 1299 gets you 128 gigabytes 1499 gets you the 256 and then the 1799 with the higher processor starts at 256 so essentially they're having you pay for hard drive to go up these uh $200 and then $300 tiers
1: yeah i mean the weird thing is that this is yet again where they it's like no announcement and then Let's just shove this out in a press release and just pop them up on the store and then hope people notice. Why did they not mention this before? Why didn't, when they're going over the whole MacBook, why not mention that we have these updates too for this product line, unless they just wanted to delay it sell off some inventory, and then kind of quietly push out these new models just in time for maybe the back-to-school rush as people start to think about buying new machines as their kids are going to be going back to school once the summer ends. It's just odd. It just makes no sense.
0: I'm surprised these Touch Bar version lower-end models weren't ready two months ago, or even less than two months ago, because it's only the ninth or whatever.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Like, what's the deal? Like, I, I don't know. This is like the new Apple. This is what they love to do. And they've it, it's it, it's furious. I mean, it's infuriating for like co- consumers trying to make decisions on what to buy. And then now if you just go out there and you just bought a machine, now they have these updated machines that probably would have cost you the same amount. But now it has the touch bar. I don't know. I'd be kind of super frustrated if I just bought uh, one of the the non Touch Bar Max, and now this came out like a, less than a month later, or just about a month later.
0: Yeah, it's definitely frustrating for that end because those non Touch Bars. It's like seventeen ninety nine is a lot to drop for a computer, but twelve ninety nine is a bit easier to swallow. I mean, that's a five hundred dollar difference, and you're like, okay, I'm sacrificing the Touch Bar, and now it's like. Well, we included that touch bar because everyone loves it and super demanded it because it's so valuable and worthwhile to everyone. So now everyone has the touch bar, but you missed out on that completely. And then that 1299 was used in 2017 internals. So instead of just giving a spec bump for that old model, they're like, oh, here, now you get the spec bump plus the touch bar. Though I think they updated the specs for in May of the non-touch bar version.
1: Yeah, I thought they did.
0: Didn't they? I I don't know. I remember talking about it.
1: I'm trying to remember. uh, Because all I could find, so I tried to go back onto the the Wayback Machine on the internet to find an old copy of Apple's page, and I could only find one from April of 2019. I couldn't find anything newer than that, but older than today. And, yeah, I wanted to see if if things had changed. But still, it the price was the same like now you're getting this new touch bar and everything for that same cost that you would have been spending before
0: yeah it's it's just uh kind of discouraging and then they did this kind of across their line so the macbook air they updated and with that there's no older version of the macbook air because they previously kept around the 2017 macbook air without that new design style and that was 999 so they've gotten rid of that and in favor they dropped $100 on the October 2018 version of the MacBook Air, and they included a True Tone display. So there's no updates on processors or memory or anything like that. It's just the True Tone display added to the existing Retina display. It's a nice feature, but it's not machine-changing or anything. The big idea is that they got rid of the 999 version. They dropped the 1199 down to 1099 and they simplified the MacBook line. Essentially... There's the MacBook Air at 10.99, and then there's an upgraded hard drive option for it, and then there's just the MacBook Pro with Touch Bar for various uh, formats and configurations.
1: Right, and if you do still want to get it for 9.99, they do offer it for 9.99 for students. So they still right. have it at that 9.99 price level, but you need to somehow prove you're a student to get it at that price. But it's it's nice that they they gave you something and reduced the price. That's kind of almost unheard of for Apple. <laughs> I i don't know. It seems kind of counterintuitive for what they normally do, but it is a nice gesture to but it's more, I think, getting their their line in line so that they have those more distinct levels uh to make you want to jump from one to the next to the next as you're trying to make those uh buying decisions.
0: And to kind of round that idea out, the MacBook You know, no tagline, no Air, no Pro, just that 12-inch MacBook. Apple silently got rid of it entirely off their website. There's no connection that they've ever created such a computer, and it's just (laughs) gone. So if you liked that model where it was that super unibody construction that wasn't 13 inches, well, Apple's never going to update that thing. It's gone.
1: Right. Well, if you want an even-numbered-inch MacBook, you now have to wait for that rumored 16 inch to come and then you can get your even numbered MacBook.
0: Yep. And then just, I was able to find it. The non touch bar versions were not updated in May. So, oh, they weren't. Okay. Yeah. I guess they did try to just clear out the old inventory they had for the next month and a half. And then they're like, surprise, here's the touch bar version. Sorry if you did clear, help clear us out inventory.
1: Yeah, hopefully if you did buy one you found a way to get a deal on it and you didn't pay full price, uh so at least you would have saved some
0: money. Mhm. Cuz I got last year's MacBook Pro, the 2018 MacBook Pro because it was on sale, the Touch Bar version instead of 1799, it was on sale during Memorial Day weekend I think and it was down to almost 1399 and then I had gift cards and stuff so if you're getting last year's model, this doesn't really impact that because they didn't update the 13-inch Pro with Touch Bar versions. Those are exactly the same from May 21st, 2019. So, you know, that's already comes in with an expectation. It's really just the focus on bringing the Touch Bar and a reduced processor to the $1299 price point.
1: Yeah, those touch bar versions barely got a spec bump. So uh, if you're looking to save a little money, you might even look on Apple's uh, previously owned section, and Mm -hmm. you might get people that are like, "Ah, I want the latest and trading in fairly new touch bar versions of the MacBook Pro that you might be able to get for some decent amount of money off that it might be worth it to save a little money because the specs are almost negligible of the difference in specs.
0: Yeah, look at the refurbished store, look at anything like that, look at discounts at B&H or Adorama for the 2018 Touch Bar MacBook Pro, because just to put those numbers in perspective, the 2018 has a 2.3 gigahertz chip that turbo boosts up to 3.8 and then the new one has a 2.4 gigahertz that turbo boosts up to 4.1 but in the baseline they're both quad core Intel i8 processors so it's essentially the same chip with very minor improvements year over year
1: right and the memory's the same the hard drive is the same and you're really only getting that slight difference in, in uh processor
0: yeah so try to find that you know essentially 1799 version for As close to $12.99 as you can. Yep. And so that's pretty much the Apple news of the week. They're simplifying their MacBook line as we await macOS Catalina coming in the fall. And that means it's time for some games. And there's a big name release this week, and it's Dr. Mario. He does not come with Luigi's Mansion or Luigi in any form. It's the classic idea of Dr. Mario, but redone for mobile devices and Nintendo's perceived standard of what mobile game players are. So it's always interesting when big companies are like, okay, mobile game players are people who don't know how to play games, they don't know what games <laughs> are, games are a foreign concept, and they have to be as dumbed down and simplified as possible. So if you've ever played a Dr. Mario game in the past, this is not it. Dr. Mario's on screen. You can also choose a Dr. Bowser or Dr. Peach as you get through the game. But the game itself is the most simplified, basic matching concept I've ever experienced in my entire life. Like, if they said this is designed Dr. Mario for toddlers, I got this. Okay, I understand. But without that for toddlers tagline, I don't know why they created this game.
1: Yeah, you have to basically get through 20 introductory levels to even have any kind of strategic element added to the game. So they take you through painfully slow on how to play this game, every piece that comes out. So basically, you have things, you're trying to match three to take out Uh, pills or take out other little creatures that are on the screen and you start with like solid colored pills and then you uh, the pills take up each of them cover two columns worth of, of dots And then you'll get these split-colored pills, where now you got to try to decide how those go. You can drag them on the screen. They don't even initially tell you that as soon as one half of the pill kind of comes loose by you making a match, you can then drag that thing around and try to reposition it. They don't even tell you that until you're almost at the 20th level. Hey, guess what? You could have done this the whole time. Fortunately, I happened to just try it, because I was getting frustrated with how slow things were going. And I found this early on, but... It's just paint. It takes so long to get interesting that I almost bailed on. If we were not talking about the game on this, I probably would have given uh, up on this even quicker uh, than I have. It did start to get interesting around the 25th level, but then you start to see more and more of the free to play elements of the game, which just make it super frustrating and annoying.
0: For me, though, I think the mechanic itself is what made it so simple. Like, I I kept with it because we needed to talk about it on the podcast. If I downloaded this for my personal time, I would have deleted it within five seconds of install. But I wanted to get through it, you know, to tell everyone about it. And every single level, I mean, I made it to level 25 itself. I think it's that drag-and-drop mechanic where you can place items pretty much precisely where you want them to. Like, Tetris has this whole time mechanic to deal with the dropping and dr mario classic you know game boy or arcade version has this more impending doom this one the blocks still move super slowly as you ramp up like the puzzles become more strategic of where you need to place things but the time doesn't seem to ever get involved
1: Oh there are they so eventually you will hit levels that are timed levels where you have to complete within a certain I, amount the of time Not
0: the time idea more the the falling of the pillows Oh yeah itself. oh
1: yeah no no it's like gravity it's like you drop something in in space Molasses. and it's just slowly yeah. floating away <laughs> Yeah no it's and then if you drag a little too quickly cuz you're getting frustrated then it's more annoying because now you dragged it up too far and you didn't now you can't drag it back like it just it becomes super frustrating frustrating just the whole input like i wish it was more the classic tetra more tetra style where it comes on and you can move it but it's moving pretty quickly and you gotta do it like give me the classic dr mario game and give me at least that as an option i mean this has so many trappings that just make it frustrating that i i can't see this being super popular unless you've never played super mario uh, dr mario before and you don't know how these games are supposed to be played. I, I don't know who this is going for. It's just kind of frustrating.
0: Yeah, if you've never played games before, <laughs> are you going to start playing games? And that that's a really small market. Okay, we're trying to find people who have never played any games in their history of entire life of existence, whether they're super young, super old, anywhere in between. So it's already reduced down. And then you make it so it's like, let's hold you by the hand and tell you how dumb you are that you don't know any of these games or how to even play a game or the matching idea. Don't they assume that people have played Candy Crush? Those games ramp up in the difficulty. I think match three is built into an existence. I think Tetris is built into this common knowledge base, even if you didn't play the Dr. Mario version of it, which still has a big base in its own right to go and create this entire new game and just slap the name on it and make this super simplified game that is I guess for, I I still don't know, I don't know what the market is, because it has to be for people who've never played any type of matching game, who've never really played a game on their mobile device, but then are invested enough to start playing games. Because a lot of people who haven't played games at this point, they're not going to start. So I don't know what this subsection of people is.
1: So I got a question. It's been a while since i played the original Dr. Mario. Could you swap pieces? Like, you can see the current piece, and you can see the next piece. Could you swap the two pieces? I thought you could. Mm -hmm. And this, you can't. At least, I couldn't figure out how to do it. So, you're kind of stuck always placing these things in the order that they come out. Then, as you complete levels, you get a heart, so you can keep on playing. The first time you beat the level, you get a heart. If you somehow didn't get all three stars, which... It's very rare that you would not get that. Uh, And you play it again, then uh, you uh, won't get a heart. So there is a health meter in this, an energy meter. And so you can run out of hearts. The one thing that they do do that I will say is kind of nice is you made it far enough in the game that you've unlocked versus mode, which finally there's a little bit of quickness and uh, some... Rapidity to the game, like everything's moving fast. Uh, this mode you can play without hearts. So, if you run out of hearts, say you've tried to do like a timed mode and you just can't finish in time, uh, then you run out of hearts. At least you can play this versus mode without any of the health points, and you're not completely stuck, not being able to play anything. Not that you'd really want to play the game, anyways, but at least they give you an option that you're not completely stuck waiting for these things to slowly recharge over like 25 minutes.
0: Yeah, what I think is really the ultimate takeaway for me is the classic Dr. Mario. The part you remember is that it's like Tetris, but it's the specific mode where you have blocks already in place when you start the level. So the viruses, you know, it's not just these few bunches at the bottom of the screen. They're all kind of plastered around the map, and you have to strategically maneuver the viruses past that to kind of get to the bottom of the screen or slide it in at the last second to piece it together and to go away from that idea completely and make it into this whole kind of existing patterns and you get the block you drag it under your finger and you place it exactly where you want to it just takes all the fun and all the challenge of the game out so you remove what it made it and it's like we're designing dr mario from scratch I don't know why you wouldn't at least start with the base that you had.
1: Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't have the classic game as available as an option within this game. Like, why try to totally reinvent it for mobile? I mean, you are a gaming company that does mobile games. You have your mobile devices. Like, why couldn't you do something similar on an iPhone or an Android device? Like, just Give me a virtual control like something that's responsive that you can actually pull off this stuff but give me something that represents like the game that I'm familiar with
0: you know what is interesting right at the start it pops up line the company the chat base the group chat based company that also makes various kind of quick simple games I wonder if Nintendo doesn't even develop this and they just are licensing out the name and they're having third parties do it Kind of like what Disney was doing for a while, where it's like, possible. It, it's yeah. different because you know Disney's just an entertainment company. Nintendo is a gaming company, but to not develop the game yourself is really weird. I don't know why Line would be on there if they're not working specifically to make it. Like they use the Line characters in a simple match three game, so I don't see this as very far removed from that.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it just doesn't feel. Other than like the characters on the screen, it just doesn't feel like the polish and actual, like, gameplay of a Nintendo game. Like, it just feels like it, they could have slapped any old theme on this thing, and it could have been the same exact game. Like, this not necessarily Dr. Mario. It's only because they say it is. You could have put any theme on this, and it would have just been a drag-and-drop matching game.
0: And then Super Mario Run and the Fire Emblem game... And Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, those weren't super watered-down, simplified versions. They were made for kind of bite-sized gaming, but they weren't necessarily super simple and easy. It's more played it on the go, played in those few minutes of your time. I don't know why you go completely a different direction.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's been a while since I played Dr. Murder. I need to go and play. This just came out I today, think that's the what it that inspires
0: you to do, though. Yeah,
1: yeah. You want to remember, like, wait a minute. I know this isn't right. Like, I gotta go back and play the game that was fun, the game that I really enjoyed. And like, I, I don't know. This the day that we're recording this. This just literally came out today. And yep. so I played it only for probably like two or three hours. I put into this so far, and I uh, I don't know. It's I'm I, I the versus mode by far was the most entertaining, just because. You don't have time to think about how bad things are. You just focus on trying <laughs> to, like, take out your opponent. And uh, I, I don't know. It just, I can see all the free-to-play trappings coming in. I can see everything that's going to make this frustrating to continue to play going forward. And i, I it's just not something I see myself continuing to play much longer.
0: So that's Dr. Mario World. It is free. It's universal. You can give it a try yourself. But I think the best suggestion is to go find some Nintendo console, whether it's an NES classic, it's an NES emulator, it's a Game Boy emulator on your computer. Play the original Dr. Mario and you'll have a lot more enjoyment. Yep. And so then there's Total Party Kill which is a fun game that is like a kind of action platformer, more like puzzle platformer, set in this dungeon crawler idea where you have three distinct characters. It's uh, like essentially a knight, an archer, and a mage. And they have to work together to make it out of a given level. So the archer essentially... The, the key idea is that you're going to sacrifice the other characters <laughs> to make sure that one character makes it to the exit. That's kind of the crux of the entire game. And so the archer, he shoots an arrow, and it goes through one of the characters, and it pins him to the wall. So now you can kind of use it as a jumping block. Or the knight has his sword, and he'll slash the other ones and knock them across the screen to kind of go and try to hit different triggers. And then the mage can cast a spell to turn someone into ice and this also works as a block or a trigger mechanism so each one has its own kind of pros that you need to focus on and use in just the right order to figure out this puzzle where the entirety of the level is shown on your screen it's not like there's a scrolling idea so you can figure out what you need to do and piece everything together it comes from the developers of heart star and that's a very similar game where you use This whole uh, boy and girl that are blue and red to kind of activate various ideas of a level construction to make it to the exit point.
1: Yeah, it just it's such a simple concept, but it's so well executed. Where you have because they're each so unique, and you you go into each level, you see it all in front of you, and you're like planning it out in your head. You try to figure out like I need a block there if I'm able to jump up to that area, but I. I got to get someone out that far and make them into a block because I, so you get, now you start to weigh the options of who do I keep? Who do I have to take out first? Who do I need their powers to then get that person to make them into a block or get them in the right position, whether that be to fire the ice at them. So now they're a block or do I, or do I just use the knight to kind of slash them out into the, the area I need them and then now use the mage to, fire the ice. So now I have that block sitting there. And then it's just a matter of planning it out and then pulling off the maneuver. The tough part is everyone, like some of these are required like really precise movements. And I think the controls are just not precise enough that sometimes you know exactly what you need to do. It's the pulling it off that ends up being 10, 20 attempts to then actually pull that off based on just the the virtual controls that are in the game and just getting those precise jumps. It's, it mostly seems around the jumps that I have the biggest problem, uh, Just when I, especially if I'm trying to run in one direction and jump just at the edge of one of those uh, human blocks that I've made. Uh, that's the only area of frustration I had with the game. Otherwise, I thought it was just a really neat, simple, but well-executed concept.
0: I didn't have a problem with the jumps, honestly. It, it didn't? felt like Heart Star. It felt like uh, Super Devious Dungeons. It they had, do a good virtual control schemes for the left, right, and the jump. The one thing I did was I always had to purposely look down to switch characters and use their action button. And so, but the actual oh, I once I do that, was yeah. doing the actual flow of the game, I didn't have a problem.
1: It would be nice if you could touch the screen and tap on the character you want to take control of. Yes. I wish they would give you that as an option because that way you wouldn't even have to look down to see that little person in the center and cycle through the characters. If you could just reach out and tap the one and it would switch to that one that would be that would be super cool if they would do that. But yeah, no for me, for some reason, I just I struggled a little bit, especially uh, just getting to the edge of the block and jumping off and, and reaching like the next platform. If, every once in a while I just try to and I just run off the block rather than jump. And hmm. so I found it a little frustrating, but uh, I mean, I. Were you playing on an iPad? T- I was on my iPad, yeah.
0: I played on my iPhone this week, and it feels like they made almost the whole right hand area of the screen jump. Oh, so maybe that's the difference. Maybe, <laughs> oh, maybe. It's a I'll smaller try hit it on, pad the phone. on the iPad.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll have to try it on the uh, the phone instead and see. But I, I, I've been really enjoying this one. It just. And it's cute, even though you're sacrificing these. Sometimes you don't have to sacrifice all of them. Every once in a while, you and can get. Yeah, two sometimes
0: of them. two get to dance when they. Yeah. I love when they get to dance at the end, when you have two <laughs> dead bodies in your for behind you, and it's dancing still.
1: Yeah, but it's uh no, this one is is fun. I I this came out of nowhere, and I, uh, it was it's quite good. I I like this one.
0: A definite standout this week. I mean, this yeah. week wasn't the greatest assortment of games, but. This is a fun experience, regardless of how you slice it. Just to have that whole puzzle experience where you need to get in the mindset that sacrifices must be made and to do it in this cute fashion and to just keep going through and pinning people to the wall just to make a step (laughs) for yourself or essentially killing them with a sword slice and knocking them across the level just to get in the right position. It's just fun the way the levels develop and make you really think of, which one do I use first? How do I position them properly? Say you go and you start using the archer and you're like, oh, this isn't right. You can quickly restart a level and get right back into it. Yep. The ads do pop up ever so often or really quite often to be noticeably annoying.
1: <laughs> yes, but I mean, but that's what you get for a free game. I mean, if, uh, I don't know if there is a way to, can I don't know. if there, Oh, there that's is an in-app purchase. Yeah, there's a three ninety 99 okay. purchase to remove the ads. Uh, I haven't bothered to. I mean, they are kind of frustrating, but uh, if you want to pay, you can get rid of them. Otherwise, you got to just deal with them.
0: Yep, it comes with the territory. Yep. That's Total Party Kill Free. It's universal. And then there's Rooms, the Toymaker's Mansion, which is a fun little game that I didn't even hear about until you told me, where essentially you have this mansion that has specific rooms and it's this block sliding puzzle game where you guide this little girl with her magical lantern and you try to make it from point a to point b and you need to move around each of the rooms within the mansion to create this pathway and so you know you'll have that classic idea where you move left and then you can then slide the entire room upwards and so now you can once you leave that room you're into a key and then you go back and then you slide back down and then you get to the exit point and it builds upon itself with these magical portal based telephones and the keys start building up themselves and the ladders and all the number of rooms in a given level keep expanding and becomes more and more complex. And it's just a really engaging, engaging puzzle challenge to figure out this whole block sliding ideal subtly, you know, block by block, because you can kind of see where everything goes together, but actually pulling it off is really difficult because you can only move the room that she is standing in. So it's like, oh, I just want to slide this room out of the way so I can get to the exit point. Well, you need to get to that room. And yeah, you need to find a can, way into that yeah. room. Yeah, it's amazing how difficult that can become once you get through the first kind of 10 levels.
1: Yeah, I like how the, the, it starts to build up. So like you start out where you're just kind of walking between rooms, there's ladders to get between rooms, and you can see where the walls are. So you know if you're going to be able to go in when you move a room next to another one if you're gonna be able to go through then they have this whole like teleporting uh telephone so now there's telephones that you can go and call another room that has that same colored telephone in it and just teleport yourself to that room so now you can kind of jump around the rooms. so that helps you kind of create more interesting puzzles because now you have a way to get to rooms that aren't directly next to you. Then they start adding things like this uh, wardrobe that appears. And now when you click tap on the wardrobe, it kind of switches the room around, like what's in the contents of the room with the one that's in the the other wardrobe. It's in So they, they start to build on the mechanics and start to add new and interesting things to kind of really switch up the puzzles, because otherwise it's pretty much the same thing over and over again, where you're moving those rooms around, but they start to add new elements to make them more and more interesting. The one thing I kind of just stumbled upon, I don't even remember them telling you it was there, is the the lantern who's this talking lantern that's kind of guiding you through this. You can actually tap on it and hold your finger down, and everything in the rooms kind of disappear, and you can just see the backgrounds of the room. So then you have an idea of, this is what the rooms should look like when they're aligned in the proper way. So now you can see like where the staircases are in the room. like Because some of the stuff, especially on an iPhone screen, it kind of gets a little distorted with the other things that are going on in the rooms and your character is kind of in the way. To have this ability to kind of just take that layer off and just see the the naked rooms, it helps to try to help you plan out where you're going to go and w- what way you need to get the rooms to align in order to make it out.
0: Yeah. it It's amazing how much it builds up. Like you're saying to add in the wardrobes and then seeing everything at once and then trying to piece it together. It's funny because as soon as I started playing it, it reminded me of warp shift, which came from fish labs a couple of years ago. And that one, essentially the little girl can fly between different rooms, but she has to be in the proper color code. So it's this order of operations where she needs to go into the purple zone to then access a purple room and this one takes away this one goes in a different direction but it still plays similarly but it's this whole new puzzle experience once you build into these magical ideas where you don't need a whole thing of like 25 blocks to slide around instead they give you different ways to kind of transport yourself around
1: yeah and one of the it's funny that you say this is a whole new experience cuz one of the interesting things about this game is when I contacted the developer back to find out more information the uh they told me they've actually had previously released this game with another publisher on mobile back in 2013 and once that and at that point it was like a free to play with in-app purchases and it was just this faulty system they were required to put in by the publisher at the time. Well, they've now got the rights back, and they uh, have now re- completely remastered the game. They've released it on multiple platforms, not just mobile, but other Steam and other platforms as well. And now it's a paid game, and they have 96 main story levels and another 48 of uh, special ability levels. They've completely stripped out all the free-to-play stuff that they kind of felt didn't work with the game before, and they've totally redone it now for a new release as a paid title. And I think it works very well as a paid title. I don't know what the free-to-play aspects of it were before. Uh, I could see where it might get frustrating if it was like one of these things where you fail and you got to watch ads or do something to retry the level because your odds are you're going to fail and you are gonna have to do a restart and kind of reset everything and retry the level because you get things so mixed up. Anyone who's ever done like one of those magic eight slide or magic nine square slide puzzles knows mm-hmm. that like you can get things so messed up that you're like, I wish I could just hit reset and start over. And so... This is kind of that same sort of feeling where you get things so messed up, you're like, there's no way I can get to where I need to go. Let's kind of reset, go back, and I want to retry. And so I don't know what those free-to-play mechanics were before, but this is now a fully paid game, redone, remastered for uh, this new release in 2019.
0: It's awesome that it has that whole backstory and past, because... I never heard of it from before, but it's nice to just experience it. And it feels like a whole fresh experience that is made for today's standards. The way the rooms are designed and all the little things that kind of go on while you're walking around and moving around. And then there's a whole storyline of the Toymaker's Mansion and that he has these special magical puzzle pieces that bring toys to life. And that has a whole kind of added impact to want to go from level to level beyond the intrinsic engaging nature of the puzzles.
1: Right, yeah yeah that story is interesting apparently there's uh, multiple endings as well if you can make it through the whole thing this is one where i i because the, it does take you time to go through the levels you're not just going to fly through this like they are challenging to get just those right combinations especially when they start adding new elements into it that kind of really twist things up they it's going to take you some time to get through this and so uh i'm enjoying it i i i just started playing uh, yesterday, and I, I've been playing through, I think, probably about a quarter of the game or so, maybe a little more now. And uh, it's I, I've been enjoying it. I, I think if you're someone who really hates those kind of slide puzzles, this may not necessarily be for you. I, I don't know that it's going to win you over. There still is that that base element of, of slide puzzles. But I do think that they do enough things to twist that up that it, it, may, it might interest you. I mean, it might be worth a try and see if this could change your mind.
0: Yep, definitely agree. So that's Rooms, the Toymaker's Mansion. It's four ninety nine. It's universal. And I think that's everything for episode 109. Yeah, that's all we got for this week. It wasn't the busiest week, but we hope you still enjoyed our discussion of what did come out. Hopefully next week is stronger in the games department. And of course, we're building our way towards the Apple Arcade this fall. And of course the iphone event
1: yep yep it should be some good stuff this fall and hopefully some good releases this week
0: yep so everyone thanks for joining and we'll talk to you next time
1: talk to you later